Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hey everyone, I just want to take a minute to talk about our new Homeopathy for Mommies Members Corner. Homeopathyformommies.com forward slash members. This, we've just launched this private section to our website and I'm really excited about it. We've had a lot of excitement about it. We've had a lot of response. I'll still continue to do my podcast, but I did want to spend the majority of my time being able to say the things I want to say. Over the last four years, I've had to literally bite my lip several times just because I can't say the whole story. America's a free country. And in theory, that's true. But we don't realize how many rights we've actually lost. So I realized I had to gear up and I had to head in a direction that I could protect myself and my family and my access to remedies, which I have been able to secure with a wonderful lab and private labs. And this is the way that we're going. It's I hate to say we're going underground, but at the same time, we're just being smart about it. We're being prudent. You have to be prudent in order to take care of your families. So by joining the members corner, I am now certified. I'm not only a naturopath and a homeopath, but I also love to do massage and all sorts of natural medicine. And so we we bring all of that into homeopathy for mommies because it's important. So it's my goal to always make every month's members fee recoupable, so to speak. So we'll have sales and incentives, free shipping or other things that will help you to gain back that, that members fee. And that way it will still be private. We can speak freely. It, it's We're going to have a great forum so you can jump on and ask questions. We have the live Q&A every month. And we're just going to have so many really great things for the family. So everything is very, very secure. All of our emails will go out and everyone will get their messages. So with Homeopathy for Mommy's Members Corner, you will have access to our monthly training courses, access to our great interviews, the Heritage Series, Recipes, and Old Wives Tales. And then you'll have access, of course, to our podcast printables and the monthly Q&A is what I'm really looking forward to because then I get to meet everyone. The people who follow me are wonderful, wonderful, family-oriented people, and they only care about the truth and order and health for their families. All right, I'm going to let you go, but if you have any questions, you can just go to this link, homeopathyformommies.com forward slash members. Thank you so much. God bless. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Today, we're going to be talking about hand, foot, and mouth disease. I have been asked to discuss this, and oddly enough, this is not a short subject, all right? The problem is, is there's so many complications from this little virus that I want to talk about all of that a little bit. I mean, it's going to be very brief. I am going to put some, a printable with homeopathic remedies on it that are good remedies for using when your child has hoof hand, hoof, and foot. It's not hoof. There is a hoof and mouth disease that is rampant amongst cattle and other animals, but this is hand, foot, and mouth disease. It's the human version, and there are many facets to this disease because it's a virus, and it has so many mutations, and it has so many many different symptoms that you would actually have to go in and get tested to find out which version you have, and that's why it's so confusing to so many moms because they're finding that their children have these weird 
bubble-like eruptions and they have a low-grade fever or they have a high fever, and then it's even affecting their immune system in many, in ma in many instances. So yeah, it's kind of an issue and it's scary for a lot of moms. I was kind of reluctant to talk about this because, like I said, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, but I do have a lot of experience with viruses and treating them homeopathically. And like I said, we must remember that with all viruses, as in all illnesses, you treat the symptoms. And it's really hard to do that when you're, when you're scared because your child is ill and you don't know what's wrong with them. A lot of moms will say, should I go in? Should I go in? And I'll say, it's us. honey, that's entirely up to you. You can go in if you want to, but seriously, there's nothing they can do for a virus. If they do try to give something for a virus, that's going to suppress the symptoms, remember. And that's when we come up with all these problems. And I say come up with all these problems, that's when it complicates things. Because if you suppress one symptom that the body is trying to throw out saying, hey, help me, I'm giving you this symptom, and then you suppress that symptom, it's going to drive the disease state deeper. Please do not forget that. This is very, very important for moms to understand that. So... If you have a child and it come, your child comes up with the symptoms of this hand, foot, and mouth disease, remember there are several facets to this disease. And I'm not going to talk about them right now. I'll talk about them at the end. But right now, let's just say your child has a low-grade fever, runny nose, maybe a little bit of a cough, and then the child starts to get these sores on the bottoms of, um, like, like red blotches on his hands and feet, possibly in the mouth or around the mouth. Doesn't have to have all of them, maybe just the mouth, the hands, or the feet. If in worst case scenarios, the child can develop red sores on all three parts, possibly even a couple little spots somewhere else on the body. So if this happens, you can be pretty sure that it's part of the virus from hand, foot, and mouth disease, which is a very common infection. It is caused by this group of viruses that we're gonna talk about in a little bit. Once the child has been exposed, then unlike like chickenpox, which is a 7 to 14 day exposure, um, you know, from exposure to breaking out, this can be as short as three to six days after the exposure to the virus that they can typically start running the symptoms. The rash generally goes away after about a week. And oddly enough, complications can include fingernail or toenail loss. These viruses are spread through the air by coughing and in the feces of an infected person. Okay, I tend to be aware of this virus as the Coxsackie virus. We have the nosode for Coxsackie virus. Oddly enough, it is not in the world's disease and homeoprophylaxis kit. However, we do have the polio nosode in the, home, the world's disease and homeoprophylaxis kit, and these two viruses are very, very similar. They affect the nervous system of the body. Okay, and like I said, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So let's not freak out just yet. The Coxsackie virus is one of the strains of this hand, foot, and mouth disease group of viruses. So the Coxsackie is also known as virus A16. And it is the most common cause of like hand, foot, and mouth disease. Anyway, we're going to get to the other group of viruses here very shortly. But hand, foot, and mouth disease, like I said, is if it's just a simple Coxsackie virus it's going to run its course in a very, very short time it, from beginning to end, from the time they're exposed to the time they run their little bit of a fever, they have a little bit of runny nose or a slight cough to the rash breaking out of their hands, feet, and mouth. Everything's going to be done in, you know, like 10 days. So, you know, like I said, and they don't get generally very ill or anything like that. And it's, 
you know, there's very few complications. So that's what we call the Coxsackie virus. And like I said, you, you tend to treat the symptoms, not necessarily the virus. I mean, I mean, who's going to take their child in, you know, to get tested to see if it's the Coxsackie virus or some other strain of the same virus? We use the homeopathic remedies to treat the symptoms. And I've, like I said, I've done this printout, and I'm actually... Um, there's so many remedies that you can use for this type of virus, but always remember belladonna because belladonna is the great viral interrupter. And what that's going to do is it's going to wake up the body's system and it's going to say, hey, fight what's going on here. Okay, so I always, if I suspect a virus, I always give belladonna. And then, like I said, I've put some other remedies on this list that kind of indicate when you would use them. Like for instance, ammonium carbonicum is a really good remedy, oddly enough, for all of the the different symptoms of this disease. But you would only really use this remedy if the patients tend to be overweight and possibly with a, a weak heart or, you know, a cough, because a lot of times a cough can indicate, you know, that the heart is being overtaxed. So and I like I said, I put this on here, wheezing and suffocative feeling. Most carbon patients are Suited to states, I mean, they have um, a little bit of obesity. They have that, that fluffy fat. You know, that's what we know is the, like the cal carb. All the carbons tend to be a little bit fluffy and overweight. <laughs> kind of, you know, the, like those fat, pudgy little babies. And, you know, if you have a skinny kid that's just, it, you know, it's, it's not a carbon. You know, like I see if you have the child and it's broken out and they're real pudgy, I would reach for a carbon. You know, it's going to really suit them well. And then we have, you know, remedies listed here like antimonium tart. Like as if there if there is diarrhea in this eruptive disease, and an eruptive disease is any disease that causes them to have these eruptions all over their body. Um, you know the the whether they be blisters or small pustules, that's an eruptive disease. And so antimonium tart, if there's diarrhea involved, don't hesitate to use it. Um, bufo is another. It's a really good remedy. Bufo is um, a remedy that's not used a whole lot in this world. It's the, the number one remedy for epilepsy, but it's also very recommended in epidemic infections. Okay. So like, you know, like with carbuncles and, and things that affect the skin, it's an amazing remedy for that. And carbuncles would be like, you know, huge warts and things like that, but any type of epidemic infection. Calcarb is a constitutional type remedy. Again, the, the carbon, the fatty tubby baby, or even the, even the older adult that ha- tends to have a little extra you know, weight around the edges. Um, And when the glands are swollen, like their tonsils or the adenoids or tonsillitis, they sweat easily, sour smell on the hair and body. If there's a sensation of crawling and numbness with the chills running up, calcarb is a really good remedy to reach for because it tends to sum up the entire person and it helps to just strengthen their constitution if they fit that constitutional type. And then also with the hand, foot, and mouth diseases, there are three remedies that are listed that are very well indicated, and they, they are the Cali's, Cali arsenicum, Cali bic, and Cali chlor. And these, I say Cali, Cali is potassium. With the Cali arsenicum, anxiety with skin diseases, it's a very in, well-indicated remedy if, like I said, if there's anxiety. The Cali bic is if the sinuses are affected. Or ulcers, like if they have um, skin ulcers with, with seemingly punched out edges, this is an amazing remedy for this disease then. The, it's, the calibic also has a lot of papular eruptions or pustular eruptions resembling smallpox. And there's always burning pains that accompany these pustules or pustules with black tops. 
And Calichlor, I put that remedy in here. It's, it's indicated. It's very indicated because it's especially for mouth sores and foul ulcers. So you're talking about a very advanced case. And Calichlor is not to be misconstrued with Calimer. Calimer is a cell salt. But this is Calichlor. Another remedy that's listed is Chrysotum. And Chrysotum is amazing for excoriation or mucous membranes, hemorrhages with abnormal bleeding, inflamed gums, spongy, and they can tend to bleed or ulcerate very easily. Chrysotum is an amazing remedy. It's the, it's like a child's remedy where like the teeth turn black and fall out when you know when the first teeth come in. Chrysotum is is made from the chrysote, like if you burn wood in your like your wood cook stove out your wood stove outside, and all that chrysote that builds up on the inside, that's what this remedy is made from. It's very destructive. And like I said, the excoriation, that, that very sore, soreness of, like I said, the mucous membranes. It's, it's an amazing remedy for that. And of course, we can't discount Mercurius. Mercurius is always a remedy to look at in case you have like a secondary infection going on or something like that. And you have, with Mercurius, it's always remember the extremes. You have really hot or really cold. They can have suppuration, or, which is a formation of pus, or they can have ulceration. Aggravation is at night um, and from too much heat or too much cold. It's always, always the extremes with this remedy. But it's very, it, it's very indicated anytime the skin is moist and there's the threat of infection. And nat, Natra muraticum, Nat myrrh, which is a cell salt. This is one of my very favorite remedies and it's very indicated in these types of Diseases because it's like the like like herpes, which is actually um, very um, similar to this disease because you have, still have the, you have those white pearly blisters, and so if the if the child if their blisters have that white pearly look, you know always reach for natmer because any time there's that white pearly look to any sort of eruption, natmer is very well indicated. Roostox. If there's itching, always think of Roostox because it's if it's herpes, like a herpes type virus, like I said, which is very closely allied, the hand, foot, and mouth disease. Anytime the if usually in hand, foot, and mouth disease, the eruptions do not itch. But if they do, definitely reach for this Roostox. Sepia is in here because it is very well indicated for any type of eruptive disease whether it be, you know, like poison ivy or some sort of other kind of rash, you can always think of sepia. And sepia is not better for scratching, and it tends to burn. Itching of the skin of various parts, it doesn't even have to be, you know, eruptive. And herpes, again. But sepia is very indicated for rashes on the hands, the feet, in the mouth. Um, so you can definitely think of sepia as well. And sulfur is the universal skin remedy it's a general pick-me-up, and it's the number one for any type of skin eruptions. Anything that burns, it's worse for heat, and it can be very, very itchy or not. But it, it, it really definitely helps to strengthen the constitutional type diseases where the skin is involved. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the complications. Um, obviously, you know, like if you have the hand, foot, and mouth disease, like I said, the bottoms of the feet, mm -hmm. the palms of the hands, and the mouth can all be involved. They don't all have to be involved, but they can be. Some of the signs, like I said, can be, it can include fever, nausea, vomiting, feeling very, very tired, just a generalized discomfort, loss of appetite, irritability in infants and toddlers. 
The skin lesions frequently develop in the form of a rash or flat discolored spots and bumps, which may be followed by vascular sores with blisters in the palms, hands, soles, and feet, the buttocks, and sometimes the lips. The rashes are rarely itchy, but they can be extremely itchy for adults. Painful facial ulcers, blisters, or lesions may also develop in or around the nose or mouth. Like I say, we have um, this type of virus is from the Picorna Verde family. The Coxsackie A16 is the most common form of hand, foot, and mouth disease. And then we also have what we call the enterovirus 71. It is the second most common cause. Many other strains of Coxsackie virus and enterovirus can also be responsible. So let's just talk about that just briefly because I don't want to freak anyone out because viruses are extremely complex and they're always changing. All right. Like they mutate. And as they, they travel across the country, they're always going to slightly continue to mutate. And that's why when they try, when they come up with these vaccines for, you know, the different diseases, what's going to happen is that that, does, that virus wants to survive. So it's going to mutate and it's going to just always be just a little bit ahead of the last disease that they vaccinated for. And so people talk about getting vaccinated. You know, how, I mean, where do we stop? Right. It's, it's just crazy because the thing is, is like, okay, let's just take this, this disease known as the hand, foot, and mouth disease. It is also related to these other diseases like hepatitis A, the enteroviruses, all of the enteroviruses, rhinoviruses, and oddly enough, the polio virus, and hepatitis C, yellow fever, rubella. These are all diseases within this group of picornaviruses. It's just, it's crazy, you know, so like they're always trying to vaccinate for this stuff and you can't. And so I want to warn, I say warn because the most important thing about viruses is do not suppress them, okay? Your child has a virus and even if you don't even give any homeopathic remedies, you're still better off than giving some fever reducer or something for discomfort that like Benadryl or you know, like if, if they do have itching of some sort or something like that, or if they do have like, you know, stuffy nose or something, do not give anything to suppress. Because if you do that, like I said, you're going to drive it into a deeper state and it can cause all sorts of problems. And I'm going to talk about that just briefly too, because this is going to just really upset you that we don't know about these things. All right. And teroviruses are usually only capable of producing acute infections that are rapidly cleared by the adaptive immune response. So in other words, the body gets it and it goes away very, very quickly. However, some mutations can cause, like if it's during the acute phase, the body can then develop complications. Like for instance, of an evolving enterovirus, for instance. Then it can cause persistent infection in the heart. The person can develop infection of the heart causing cardiomyopathy. It can cause other types of infections in the body that are numerous. Now remember, the Coxsackie virus, the enterovirus, the poliovirus, they're all interrelated. And you have slight mutations and different things that can go on. And if the child is in a compromised state, then he can develop all sorts of problems. So we want that child to be down quietly. We want to be feeding the child good chicken soup, good grape juice. I like to, like I said, I like to put organic grape juice in a little bit of mineral water so it's kind of fuzzy so the child enjoys it a little bit more. 
And also the oxygenation of the good mineral water is going to help to help the blood. It reacts with the blood and it really helps to boost the immune system. And so, like I said, I put, I'm putting this whole little write-up here on the Homeopathy for Mommies member site. And it, it goes through and it talks about the poliovirus. And, you know, the funny thing is, is remember always saying that diseases haven't changed since the beginning of time. Well, they continue to change the name of diseases so that we're always in the dark, you know. And back in, this is kind of funny because back in, in Canada in June of 2007, the 39th Executive Committee um, of International Committee of Taxonomy of Viruses, they decided that they were going to change some of the different viruses and recategorize this Picorna Verde group of diseases. And so they actually, um, they did. (laughs) And so basically polio is no longer polio, okay? (laughs) No, it is. But they've, they've recategorized things so that as as to basically continue to confuse us. But some of the diseases caused by the enterovirus infection, in other words, polio, Coxsackie, enterovirus, is poliomyelitis, and then uh, polio-like syndrome found in children who tested positive for enterovirus 68. We have everything from acute hemorrhage, conjunctivitis, you know, bleeding of the eyeballs, you know, they have spontaneous combustion of um, blood vessels in the eyeball, to things uh, more difficult, like I said, the heart, can be affected. It can it can cause arrhythmias, heart failure, and other infarction that you know of the heart. We can have acute vascular, just the simple vascular rash with oral cavity in the pharynx, with, along with high fever, sore throat, just different symptoms like that. We have encephalitis, which is a rare manifestation of enterovirus infection, but it can occur. Meningitis, sepsis. We can have everything from diabetes mellitus type one. It has been proposed that type 1 diabetes is a virus-triggered autoimmune response in which the immune system attacks virus-infected cells along with insulin-producing beta cells in the pancreas. It's kind of interesting because a team working, it says a team working at the University of Tampere in Finland has identified a type of enterovirus that has a possible link to type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease. So like I say, it's, you know, anything, if your body is in a, if your immune system is compromised when you catch a virus or when something happens, you have to give that body time to heal. And that's when homeopathic remedies come in because you treat the symptoms. Very simple. If the child complains of a headache, honey, where's your headache? The location of the headache, the sensation of the headache is going to help lead you to that particular remedy. You know, do they have the diarrhea? Do they just break out in the rash with no other symptoms? What's going on? Look at the symptoms. And if you get really confused, you know, and you think your child is not getting over it like you should, and maybe there's some other complications, call a homeopath. It's that simple. I mean, I wouldn't even hesitate because that would be an acute disease. It wouldn't be super expensive. And a homeopath is going to know which remedy to suggest for you to give your child. It's, like I said, it can be very, very simple. Or we can just really complicate it with all throwing all this garbage at our kid. Most of the time, a little virus like this, you just let it run its course without even having to give a remedy at all. I, well, I, like I said, I would always give belladonna. Because that does help the body to wake up and say, hey, you know what? I've got this virus. We want to interrupt it. And we want, to, want it to run its course very quickly. So don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to use homeopathic remedies or call a good homeopath or, 
you know, if you're just really confused about this disease. But it can become complicated if if we throw a bunch of junk at it or if we don't keep our kids down. That's the biggest thing. I have to laugh at people say, oh, what can I take? I have to get back to work or I have to get back to school. I'm sorry, but when the body is sick, there is nothing that can replace good sleep and rest. Good, good chicken soup. You don't want to feed the body a lot when it's trying to recover from an illness. You just want to have it, give it good bone broth to strengthen the system, good juice, and just let the body rest. Let the person sleep and rest and eat good light foods that are easy to digest. And then most of the time, the body will recover very, very quickly. But um, anyway, so that's, you know, a little bit about the Coxsackie virus. It's, um, it's complicated and yet it's not. It's, it is a virus that's been plaguing mankind for ages and ages, and it's going to continue to plague mankind, you know, and, and it's going to be fine so long as we don't suppress the symptoms. That's where so many of the complications come in. And if you can remember that and not freak out when your kids get this, then you're going to be fine. I could just give a dose of belladonna and any other, you know, remedies that fit the symptoms. Listen to the child and just work with it and you're going to be fine. So, yes, it's, it's rampant all over the country this, this past couple of months and it's been really, really bad. I've seen a lot of really complicated situations when the child's immune system was, was um, compromised when he got the disease and then at that point, his entire immune system literally just shut down. Um, it developed all sorts of food allergies, lactose intolerant. Just there was tons of things that that occurred because the child's immune system was compromised when he got the disease. So he's doing well now. It's been a few months that the mom has been working with this child. And she basically took all foods away from him and reintroduced things one at a time, along with tons of probiotics and lots of, well, um, there's a a product called like Ninja, Ninja Red. And she, the kid didn't like it, but she forced it down him um, with a syringe and then in, uh, hit it in other forms of, you know, like little treats and things. But just help boost that immune system. Anything to boost the immune system. And he, like I said, he's doing really, really well now. It looks like a different kid. But it was a long haul for that mom. And um, because the kid had illnesses, you know, it was compromised in the first place. So, but I'm really proud of the mother because she persevered, didn't freak out. It was, it was wonderful. And um, so anyway, I hope this helps. And like I said, definitely go to Homeopathy for Mommies, Members Corner, to get these printouts and some of this other information because it is good information to have on hand so that you understand it. And Or if you have anything to do with children at all, it's, it's just really important to understand. So with that, I'm going to let you go. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.